What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 132 of the One Before I Die podcast. Um, we're back here again. Uh, another week, another episode. You know the drill. Uh, Ethan, how you doing over there before we get into the topics here? How's it going? Good. Oh, wait. What? Just had to switch up the view. Are we good? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good weekend. Uh, Sabres are buzzing. Swept Philly. So... No complaints over here. Weather is still bad in Chicago. I don't know how it's doing in Rochester. Still not there. Um, I mean, I mean, it's starting to rain right now. Actually, as we're speaking, uh, I mean, it just doesn't like to turn too too uh, too early often here in, in Rochester. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you just got to be patient. You got to wait it out, and hopefully, the weather turns pretty soon. But yeah, no, I mean, it's still pretty crappy. Um, but let's get into the topics here. Um, you know, not a not a huge episode, not a small episode either. Though there were some definitely some things that happened this past week that are worth talking about. The biggest being, I in my opinion, was Owen Power obviously making his debut for the Sabers uh, last last week on Tuesday against Toronto, and then obviously he's played ever since. So he's got a few games under his belt. We'll kind of talk about how that's gone so far, how he looks. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest news, you know, in terms of all of Buffalo sports, and obviously the Sabers news is getting our number one overall draft pick in the rotation here and getting him some reps. So that went down. Um, some news actually broke today. Uh, yesterday, as you guys are listening to this, as, as we're recording here on Monday, that uh, Josh Allen is now going to be part of one of the matches, the Capital One matches that th- they do for the golf. So it'll be Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in a match on June 1st, which will be pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's 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 honestly cool to see you know, Josh Allen is starting to get kind of like the limelight, right? The national spotlight. He's getting into these these situations here and now he's announced for the match, which I think is pretty cool and putting Buffalo on the map a little bit more. So talk about that a little bit. Um, he was also speaking of Josh Allen. He was also at the Sabres game this past weekend against the Flyers. The game before that, Sean McDermott was in attendance. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then honestly, just more Sabres talk this episode. So um, Josh Bloom, I don't know if anyone knows him that well or not, but he's one of the Sabres prospects who signed a contract. Probably won't talk about that a ton, but he did sign with the team. Um, and I actually DM'd you, Ethan, about this when it happened, that maybe this guy's a little bit under the radar, a little bit slept on. Well, I'm, I'm curious because <laughs> when I saw that, I just had, like, the biggest question mark go off in my brain because you said your, your text was, like, don't sleep on this kid or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, what do you know about Josh Bloom? That was, like, the first time I've ever heard of his name, and you're telling me not to sleep on him. And I'm like, you don't know anything about him. I've been seeing some stuff over the past year or so on Twitter. You know, I follow some accounts that like to follow prospects and his name's been popping up. So I like to look at his stats. I mean, I've, I've literally never seen him play ice hockey in my life. So, I mean, there's that for you. You can take that with a grain of salt, but um, that's I don't know. a big, that's a big uh, thing to take with a grain of salt. There. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think he's a little bit slept on just, I mean, he, I mean, we'll get into it later, but I don't know. He, he's like, I, I think he could be a, a rising star for the Amherst next year. So we'll see that. Uh, and then, also, Sabres, I mean, as you said, they're buzzing, so we'll talk about their play. Thompson scored 36 goals, matches Jack Eichel's career high. Obviously, Eichel did it in, like, a shortened season, 68 games. Can't really compare the two of them yet. But, you know, nonetheless, Thompson is just a scoring machine. He keeps it going. 36 goals, you know, who knows if he gets a 40 this year. I think we got five games left, four or five games left here. So that's something to watch out for. And then also, last thing is that uh, I think Thursday or or maybe it was Saturday, I don't know, a few days ago, I tweeted out a clip from um, our Sabre season preview podcast that we like to do every year with our, our, our buddy Marshall. And um, I asked a question on that podcast back in October 
before the season started, what we would set our over-unders at for Sabres uh, team wins. Um, and so we'll kind of rehash that, see what, you know, each of us said and how close it really is, you know, now that we're all, you know, down to the end of the season here. So um, a lot of Sabres talk coming. Um, nothing really with the Bills this past week. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned the NFL draft is next Thursday, so we'll probably talk about that more on next episode, but that's coming up pretty soon here. And, and you know, that'll be some more football content for everybody out there. But um, that's kind of what we got on tap for today. Uh, you got anything else to add before we dive in? No, let's dive in. All right, where do you want to start? I think we start with Owen Power. I mean, that was the big, I think the big story of the week. Um, you know, he kind of lit the build or lit the building on fire when he uh, when he showed up. He's made his debut in Toronto, which was pretty awesome because he grew up right outside of uh, of Toronto in Ontario, I believe. I forget the town, but I think it was like twenty five miles outside of Toronto. He had a massive cheering section. Family friends show up to to watch him play. Um, and it was cool that he got to start his career, you know, headfirst into the Sabres Leaf rivalry in the Leafs building, you know, get acclimated, not thrown into like a, maybe like an Arizona game where it's just kind of going through the motions. Like it's Sabres Leafs. We know how Leafs fans are. They like to chirp us. They have high expectations this year at the playoffs and everything. Austin Matthews probably going to win the Hart trophy and Owen power, man, he, lit it up in his debut. I mean, he did not look like a 19 year old kid out there. Um, he without a doubt made the Sabres defense better when he entered the lineup. It wasn't like it was any growing pains or anything like that. The Sabres defense as of right now is better with Owen power than it is without him. And I think that's just a fact. So for him to make an immediate impact on the team right there, um, he's already got some confidence. You see him, you know, pinching, stepping up, carrying the puck a little bit, being aggressive, making some aggressive plays in the offensive zone. Like I said, not, not afraid to take some chances out there. That's awesome. And I think that's, uh, you know, another kudos to Donnie meatballs. I don't think we would have saw that if Kruger was still around, you know, maybe Kruger would have told him to not cross the, the red line in the neutral zone. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Owen power just absolutely lit it up, scored his first point of his career on Thursday, even though the Sabres did end up losing that game. But I think it's, you know, it's, it's just another sign of a step in the right direction, more excitement going into this summer and into next year. So yeah, thumbs up for Owen power so far. Yeah. A couple of things here. First things first, the Sabres absolutely own the Leafs just had to get that out there and, yeah. and set the record straight this year. Uh, sure. You know, Hey, hats off to you Leafs and Leafs fans. You, you're putting together a great regular season. Let's see if you can make it past the first round. But in terms of regular season play, if you, if you're playing the Sabres, you're losing. I think we've only lost to them once out of the season series, beat them three times, absolutely own them every time beat them in the heritage classic. Obviously the game before that we blew them out. I think five, one, this game that Owen power debuted in, we won five to two. So first things first, I mean, Sabres own the Leafs, and I'm not too sure that the that the that the Leafs would beat the Sabres in a seven game series if they if they squared off. I'm not too sure. Oh, so um, there's that for you. And and I agree with everything you said. I mean, we talked about last episode about Owen Power stepping into this lineup, and we our message kind of to Sabres fans was, you know, easy on the expectations, lower them a little bit. It's a 19 year old kid stepping into a lineup, going from college to the NHL super quickly, and 
I think by, you know, maybe having those expectations a little bit lower, at least for me and maybe for you, I think he exceeded every expectation that we've seen. And, and I know we'll talk about the rest of the games this past week where, you know, he had a, a few, you know, tough plays as, you know, players do throughout games. And even when you're a vet, you'll, you know, you'll screw up every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, this guy fit right in. Like you said, he was an immediate impact um, right, right away, get in there and in, in top four D minutes for Donnie meatballs in this team. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the past few games here, he's been leading the Sabres out of all players, not just, you know, forwards, defense, or what he's been leading the team in ice time. He's, he's jumping right oh, into that. I did role. not see that. Yeah. He's, he's been playing 25 minutes a game, 25 minutes plus. Um, you have him leading the way at 25. You have Darlene and Yoki Haru actually like lower at like 23, 24. And you have Samuels, Samuelson at like 24, uh, 24 minutes. So it's like, it, it's almost like one of those things that we, you know, talked about a while ago with Risto on the team. And even when Darlene was struggling, we're like, Hey, like maybe if you lower these guys' minutes a little bit and you, you know, bring in some extra help, it, you know, their, their output will, output will go up. Uh, we, we, you know, we love making excuses for these guys of, you know, if there's other players here, there, whatever. But I mean, these top four defensemen that we have right now, and I'm still not sold on Yoki Haru, but, but the fact that we have power Samuelson and who's been, I think other than Thompson, maybe the biggest surprise of this entire year yeah. and Darlene, um, it, the top four defensemen have been solid. And, and like you said, like power, he, he just brings this presence. Like I didn't watch him a lot at Michigan. I did watch a couple of games, but it's like almost like one of those players and in, in similar to UPL where you see UPL struggling down at the lower levels a little bit, like in Rochester and his numbers aren't great. And then he comes up to the NHL and he's, and he played pretty well in the stretch that he was up on the Sabres, like Owen power looks like he might be one of those players that steps in and he's immediately better in the NHL. He didn't miss a beat. He, he looked like he was, you know, he belonged. He looked like he'd been playing for a while there. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was great to see. Like I said, exceeded my expectations. He looked super calm. And I think the biggest thing about Owen Power's game so far after these first five games that he's been in the lineup is, and you allude to this, is, you know, when he jumps up, he's very aggressive. He likes pinching. He likes going down in the offensive zone. And he loves making plays and getting involved. But you blink your eye and you, and you think for a defenseman like that sometimes where they're jumping up a lot and it's like, oh, crap, like, oh, you know, Power's below the goal line on the four check you know, the flyers or whoever they're playing is breaking it out. Like they're going to have an odd man rush. It's insane that you see this guy when he's playing, he goes down, he four checks, he chips in, goes at himself, gets, you know, working it in the offensive zone. You blink once the flyers or someone breaks it out and he's somehow back on D already. That's the most impressive thing I've seen from this guy so far is the ability to go up and be aggressive, but somehow get back just as quick as anybody else on the ice. So I think that's super special about him. Um, the assist he had his first point of his NHL career that you brought up against St. Louis was a great little pass to tuck. Um, so yeah, I mean, all positive things. I know he got walked in that St. Louis game. Tarasenko kind of went yeah. by him and scored a beautiful goal. It's going to happen. Um, you know, hat tip to Tarasenko. I think he's, uh, you know, scoring 30 goals this year again. He's just, a he's almost player. at like 40 now. It's crazy. No shot. He, he scored his 30th that game. Yeah. He scored like, I think he scored like five or six since that like, he's, he went on a tear this weekend <laughs> okay i'll keep i'll keep your word for it um but either way he's I mean, gonna he'll probably get 40 okay <laughs> all right well terry sank watch <laughs> um i'm just saying uh but no yeah i mean it, that like i said that's the thing for me with power so far is his aggressiveness and like you said too i think you got to give a lot of credit to meatballs where he lets his guys sling it out there. You know that the message on the bench with the players too to, to power was like, listen, go out and play your game. Don't hold back. 
you're in a pretty good situation too, where there's not really a lot to lose, where the Sabres are not obviously in the playoff race, where if you make a few mistakes here and there, growing pains, you know, Hey, whatever. And he looked like he was flying around and he's all over the ice and in a split second of the blink of the eye, he's back on D um, like that. And, and also now that I'm th- thinking about it and talking about it, great play in that Toronto game. He, he got back on a two on one and he broke up that two on one. Like it was nothing. It was like a second shift in the NHL. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. It was, uh, yep. I forgot who was streaking with the puck, but Matthews on the other side, easily intercepts a pass right up out of the zone. So um, he's been great so far and, and I love to see it. I don't know if we want to talk more about maybe his performances in St. Louis, Philly, um, or maybe not just him, but the Sabres overall, if you want to hop into that right now. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I was going to say, though, is you love how aggressive he's playing, but I think it's I think it's a little bit contagious because I think the whole Sabres decor has been playing more aggressive since power came in. I think he's kind of pushing the pace a little bit. Like, Darlene's always been kind of freewheeling, but I think Darlene's even taken it up a notch. I mean, Darlene had a snipe, um, what was it, in Philly – was it Saturday or Sunday from that, that awesome play by Skinner when Skinner drew the penalty mm-hmm. and then Skinner dished it across and Darlene was like right where uh, Olofsson usually is and rips one top shelf. I just think that the whole Sabres decor, I mean, Samuelson yesterday or on Sunday carried the puck a lot They're The Sabres D is just playing really, really aggressive, really that, freewheeling. That top and, four is, I think I want to hit on that because I think we can't, we can't really go without saying like as much as we're gassing up these guys as they should, I think it's also you can't really say that without saying like, you know those those fifth and sixth defensemen whoever it's been right it's been, uh, I think Butcher Bryson a couple of games but Bryson and then you got Fitzgerald like I think it, I think the fifth sixth D is a little bit sketchy but it's very promising to see a core top four playing pretty well but you do have to kind of say I guess that that back end of the fifth and the sixth D it, it might not be there yet right if, is that fair yeah. to say? Yeah, and I think like going into next year, I mean, getting at least one veteran right-handed defenseman is that's like my top priority for the Sabres and free agency. Someone that's a little bit older, maybe you have to overpay for him, but get get a guy here for a couple years to play in your top four with some experience. That's going to bring a little bit of physicality to the team. Uh, you know, it's going to protect these young guys and bring some experience to to this back end. That's number one priority. I would honestly like to get two guys on the right side. We're so left-hand heavy. And I think we could – I think if the Sabres are where they should be from a, from a lineup perspective, I think Yoki Haru should honestly be on your third pair on the right side. Um, like you said, I don't like – he looks good in some situations. I just don't see the consistency yet. I don't see the same physicality and, and skating ability as the other guys. So – I think on a really good team, if the team's making the playoffs, Yoki Haru's on that fifth, sixth pair. If you bring in two veterans on the right side to play with Darlene and Power, and then you know you got Samuelson and and uh, Yoki Haru as your as your bottom pair, like that's that's fin- that's phenomenal. I think um, I think Samuelson's a top four guy though. I think he's oh for sure. That. And I, just, I think Darlene can play the right. Like I think you can have those three lefties in your top four, and one of them can play the right side. I think I think Darlene and even maybe Power can play the right side here. Sure, whatever. I just think that if you bring in two veteran defensemen, right or left-handed, whatever, I just think if you bring in two guys that have had NHL experience uh, that are going to bring physicality to your back end, that's going to really elevate this team next year because then you don't have to worry about throwing in. You know, like Having Bryson be in your seventh D versus playing every night, like that's that's a big difference. Not having to worry yeah. about Fitzgerald stepping in or Pissick or Colin Miller. Like you got, you got to upgrade there on the back end, and I think you're going to be really set because I agree. I think you got four guys that are – 
very good and young and they're going to and could carry this team for a while, but um, we do have some holes there. On the offensive side, I mean, let's talk about Tage Thompson. Yeah. He's what up to 36 goals now, as you mentioned at the beginning, tying Jack Eichel's career high as a Buffalo Sabre. Um, what is it? About a year or two ago, Thompson was a fringe NHL player. I mean, he's been, he was on the Amherst. Um, I mean, Jason Botterill is getting absolutely crucified for the return as he was part of the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So Tage Thompson is always going to be compared to Ryan O'Reilly to see, you know, did, did the Sabres win that trade? Did they get absolutely fleeced? It's always going to be tough too. Cause I mean, O'Reilly literally won the Stanley cup in his first year as St. Louis blue and won, uh, the MVP of, of the playoffs. So it's going to be tough to ever say that the Sabres won that trade when you immediately win a Stanley cup. And he, and he won the, uh, Con Smythe. Yeah. But no, what's the, is it the Selkie? The one that Bergeron wins every year? He won that that did, year too. Did he? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to, that's always going to be tough to get stacked against, but I mean, if you look at where, where the Sabres I don't, even, I don't were. even think you have to compare them. Like, I, I think it's too hard to compare at this point. I, I think it's yeah. just great to see what Tom, like, just from a standalone perspective, like what he's been able to do, you know, since coming over to the Sabres, I think it's just phenomenal. Right. And I mean, going into this year, if, if we would have said that Tage Thompson after this year was going to be the number one center before watching the season play out, we'd have been like, oh man, this team's going to be like, we're screwed. Bottom in the bottom of the league again. Yeah. But you know, he's put up 36. His shot is unbelievable. But I think that people felt like only give like everybody loves to talk about his shot, but I think he does so many other things extremely well that I feel like gets kind of overblown because of how good or underblown, whatever, not noticed enough because of how good his, his shot is. Uh, like that one play, was it against the Leafs? I've, it was this past week where Tuck like threw it to the center at his skate and he kicked it up and I think it was yeah. against the Leafs mm-hmm. and he on kicked the it up play. to, yeah, he kicked it up to his stick and ripped it immediately. Like, you know, like how difficult that play was. I mean, the pass was coming in hot and for him to be able to control it off the skate and then in one fluid motion, just rip it like that was so skilled. So his stick handling ability is awesome. He's massive. He's tough the body off the puck. He's he's exactly what you want and kind of like that number one center with that length and everything. I mean, he's if I, if there's one thing he's got to work on, I think he's got to clean it up in the defensive end because I think he does have a tenant, tendency to kind of get lost in the back check a little bit. Um, maybe not use his body as, as much as he should with how big he is. But I mean, from an off, offensive perspective, the leap that he took this year is just insane. It's like, you know, Josh Allen year two to year three, like that's, that's kind of what Tage yeah. Thompson has been doing. Yeah. Um, well, he, I, I think what a big thing is, is with him is that like, I, and I like how you said like a lot, obviously a lot of people know his shots unreal, but I think his shots always been good. Like, I think that's always been a thing. I think the big thing with him is he, his just his progression, his progression from kind of just growing into his body. Like when he first came over and he was yeah. like a 19, 20 year old kid he was like a baby deer out there, right? He's like a tall, lanky guy who, when you're that big and, and yeah, lanky, he could not, he it's could like hard to trouble skate. skating. Yeah. yeah. So it's like kind of like Char coming into the league or like a Tyler Myers. Like, obviously, like Tyler Myers won rookie of the year, but he was still, you know, he had to grow into his body a little bit, like, like a lanky guy like that. Like, at that level, it's kind of hard to, you know, you get knocked out the puck easily. Like, he's really grown into himself. And I think a lot of that just comes with like him maturing as a 
like as a person literally just growing older. And so his shot's always been there. It's always been a snipe, but his ability to like skate and like handle the puck. Um, yes. Yeah, and like his passing ability, like that's all like grown into himself as he's gotten older, which has been unbelievable. And, and I think that one thing I think with Thompson here is that, yes, he has 36 goals this year. You know, maybe he gets to the 40 mark, which would be incredible. Um, I think us as Sabres fans have to be a little bit careful, though, with, you know, back to expectations a little bit where I think he's shown and proven enough where he can be our number one center moving forward and he can score. You know, he's going to he's going to be a score. You don't just stumble across 36 goals in the National Hockey League in one year. That doesn't just happen out of luck. Like he's going to be a score in this league. But I think he's, you know, if he only gets like 28 next year, right? I think maybe a lot of Sabres fans will be disappointed in it. I think he's consistently going to be a 25 plus goal scorer. He, I just want to kind of, I guess, put like a little warning out there. You know, don't be surprised if he regresses back a little bit, right? I mean, like 36 goals is a lot for any player in this league. So, I mean, he's going to be a goal scorer. He's going to put the puck in the back of the net. I just think those expectations maybe are going a little bit higher now that he has put 36 plus goals into the net this year. It doesn't just happen, like I said. So, um, I think, yeah, but I, I think the around thing around that, that 30 mark, but that, that's a lot of goals to kind of follow up. But I think he's – I'd like to see a stat on this because I feel like a, a majority of his goals has come in the second half of the year. Maybe I'm wrong. But so I just think, what do you – what does that mean? I'm just saying I think since Tuck came in and started playing with him more that it's made a big impact on his game. And putting him with Skinner and Tuck, like, I, I think that's invaluable to, to where Tage Thompson was. I mean, Tage Thompson was playing on the fourth line. And, again, like, he wasn't the same player, obviously. But I just think he's going to get his goals – playing with guys like that. Like, it seems like, you know, Skinner is like the perfect line mate for him, in my opinion, who's, you know, freewheeling and he's always, he's kind of crafty behind the net, always looking to feed him for, for a one-timer. I, I just think that Donnie Meatballs has kind of figured out the perfect situation to make Thompson um, flourish. And yeah, I, I guess I, I no, see. I agree. Point. I see. I see your point. I, my like my where, question then would be: I guess all I'm trying to say is like, all right, say next year, would you be disappointed if he scores 28 goals next year? No, I would. I mean, exactly. I would, right? Like, I wouldn't say, be disappointed if say, either. If the Sabers make the playoffs, like I, he could score 10 goals. Like, but no, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, from an individual perspective, I think maybe some Sabers fans out there would be, oh, this guy's regressing back to like the player he was if he only scores like 27, which is like. What I'm saying is put in perspective, that's still a lot of goals. And I'm just saying that this year, you know, it, yeah. it, that's a lot, you know, close to 40. Well, and also you got you to take into a fact that if the Sabres are going to take another step forward, I think Thompson's probably going to score less goals because hopefully other guys are scoring more goals. Exactly. You got guys like Quinn coming up. Guys got like Paterka. Hopefully, hopefully Krebs. I mean, Krebs is going to be here for a full year and he's going to take another step forward. Cousins is probably going to take another step forward. Tuck will be you know, like Tuck. completely healthy. Talk will be completely healthy in here for you know a full year now. So like goals are going to get distributed if everything goes well. And I think if we're relying on Thompson to put up a forty goal year, a thirty five goal year, then that's going to be a bigger problem in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, shout out to Thompson. Um, what what else with this past week? I mean, the, the, before we move on to maybe uh, some other things here. I did want to say, I just want to shout out in that St. Louis game. Like I know that was the one game we lost this past week. You know, we beat Toronto, beat Philly twice, lost to St. Louis, uh, six to two. I thought the Sabres played very well that game. And it, it just kind of shows that, you know, I mean, losses are obviously going to happen. That's just what it is. And 
six two on paper looks like a pretty bad loss, but I I don't know. I, I just want to kind of give a shout out to the team and, and just the difference from you know that loss maybe compared to other losses. Like I thought they played very well that night and they I just think they outshot get, they just, the blues. Yeah. I like I think they dominated they just didn't a little get a bit. They couple just didn't, bounces. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get the bounces and, and I, I think that just needs to be kind of pointed out is like stuff like that is gonna happen. Um the blues are a really, really good team. I think they're slept on a little bit as well. So you know, six two maybe on paper. If you didn't watch the game, you didn't catch the game or whatever, you're maybe thinking, you know, what happened there. I just want you to know that you know they played well. They had a lot of chances. They just couldn't finish. Bennington played unbelievable. Um, I mean, Olsen had a chance where he literally beat Bennington five hole, and it, you know, and it slipped wide. Like there was a lot of plays like that, and so I don't want that to just hinder this past week. I think this past week was a great week of Sabres hockey. Obviously, going three and one is you know enough, but that one loss six to two, I think they did play very well. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of point that out. I don't know if you had anything to add there. Well, I mean, you mentioned Olsen. The one thing I want to say is, I don't know, a few weeks ago, we were talking about trading this guy at the deadline. He's really exploded ever since we kind of started chirping him about that. I mean, yeah, well, he's making quick, it really tough real for the quick, Sabres though, not to bring him back. Real quick, I never want to trade Olsen personally. I just want to no, say I, that. I, I'm not saying you did or didn't. I know I brought. No, there's, name yeah, up. there's a lot of chatter. I, I just, I'm just saying. I, I always thought he had it, and he's been playing unbelievable. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I'm just saying it's going to be tough because I know everybody likes to say like the the, the guys that are going to be coming up, like like I said, Quinn and Paterka, they kind of play a similar role as Olafson. So is, is there enough room on the team for all these guys? But Olafson's really making it tough for for him not to stay on this team. Um, I mean, the way that he's bounce back from being injured and he seems like he's sco- he's like a lock to score every other game now and yeah. the way that he sets up on that on that right hand side and just rips the puck is is unbelievable his so. shot is so good like you're talking about speaking of shots you know talking about thompson's shot and not just on the sabers i mean olsen's got to have one of the top shots in the league and i mean the way that he <clears throat> sets up and that at the top of the circle it almost seems like a, a video game cheat code you know like when you're playing yeah. nhl and like you find that that one play that that one timer that works every time yeah. I can see like when Olsen's standing there and you see the puck kind of sliding his way. It's like, I can see that goal coming before he even shoots it. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's a goal. Yeah. <laughs> the way he just rips it. Yeah, no, it's true. So he, he got to 20 goals this past week. Also Kyle Poso, 20 goal mark as well. So a few milestones for those boys. Like, I mean, I know we talked about a Poso a few weeks ago and the way he's really bounced back as a Buffalo Sabre and kind of won everybody over. So him getting to the 20 goal mark at his point in his career, that's incredible. Um, so quick shout out to those guys to getting 20 goals. Skinner and Thompson obviously at 30 goals. Um, it's just great to see. Great to see. So uh, great week from Sabres Hockey. I guess moving on from there, Josh Bloom, the next, the next Sabre that will be a beast. No, all right. So anyway, Josh Bloom prospect. He's playing in the OHL right now for the Saginaw Spirit. Um, I thought he was in the WHO. No, he's in the O. Look it up. He's in the O, I'm pretty sure. Saginaw. Okay. Um, but anyway, he, just bring this up just because yesterday it was announced that he did sign his entry-level contract with the Sabres. And, you know, Ethan brought that up at the beginning of the episode that I texted him. I said, don't sleep on this kid. You know, hand up. I'm not going to act like I know a ton about him. The only, the only reason why I said that is because <laughs> scrolling through Twitter this past year and, and seeing his name, I, I have seen his name pop up. And, and obviously, you see Paterka, you see Quinn, you see guys on the Amherst because they're playing the AHL. But when it comes to other prospects, like we don't know about these guys, like, like wrote, right. Isaac Rosen. This is the guy we drafted with our first overall first round pick this past draft that we traded for Philly with the Risto trade. We got a first round pick from Philly. 
drafted Rosen. I haven't heard anything about Rosen. The reason why I said don't sleep on this kid is because I have seen things about him online on Twitter and people following him. You know, there, there are people out there that love like these niche guys that love following like Sabres prospects and like the OHL and like all these different leagues that they're in and stuff will pop up about him. So I looked him up and he's got 30 tucks this year in like 60 games. He's got 60 points. I think 30 tucks in 67 games. So I looked him up quick and, you know, that's the basis of what I've seen. But I think that this guy, and I'm, we're not going to talk, like, you know, spend a, t- a lot of time talking about him considering it's literally this prospect that we don't really know much about. But that that's why I said don't sleep on him is because I did look up his stat line. He made a huge jump from his first year in the OHL to, to this year where he's putting up 30 plus tucks in 60 games, which is a great, you know, stat line regardless of if you've seen him play or not. And I have seen him on the timeline about people saying like, listen, this guy, you know, he could be under the radar on the Amherst as a star and maybe be, you know, a guy down the line. So that's all I had to say about him. Um, I think that he, uh, what was I going to say? I think that, I don't know. I th- he got 30 talks, right? You're looking at his stats right now, and it's definitely in the O. He's in the OHL. You're right. Yeah. So that, oh, oh what I was going to say is I think he was like a third round pick. So I don't know. There's just always sometimes these guys like Olofsson was like a six round pick. Like you never know these guys that come out of nowhere and you find these diamonds in the rough. And it's, we talk about it a lot of times with the draft is throwing darts at Darfard, hoping some stick. It's really hard to scout hockey guys. Like we talk about it every draft. Like when people get pissed about picks, it's like, yo, relax. Like you have no idea. There's a million hockey leagues and players out there. So I don't know. Maybe this was a guy that slipped to us in the third round and, um, I've been seeing, you know, talks about him and, and I'm, and I'm happy that we got him in. I, I didn't know, like, I guess why I was like surprised is cause I didn't know like that was even on the horizon. I didn't know where he was at. Like, you know, we obviously talked about Levi and Portillo this past, like last week and the week before about like, we knew where they were at. We knew like where they were playing. We knew a little bit more about them and like where their contracts were at or when they had to sign or they're in the UFAs. I didn't know anything about Bloom's situation. When I saw him sign, I was like, this is a name that I've seen before. It wasn't just some random prospect that I've never seen. So that's why I was excited about it. And um, I don't know, hopefully he rips it up on the Amherst next year. I hope you're right. I mean, I'm looking at his stats here. Um, he kind of blew, he kind of blew up this year out of nowhere. I mean, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. In 20, in the season, 2019, 2020 played in the Saginaw spirit again in the O 54 games played six goals, 14 points. So not very good. Obviously the O didn't play in 2020. So then this year, 67 games played, 30 goals, 61 points. So he's 61 points in 67 games with 30 yep. goals. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did explode this year. Uh, 30 goals is 30 goals. That's that's really tough. And to do it in 67 games, that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, it sounds like he's going to be an Amherst to start the year next year. He's only 18 years old right now. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully you're right, and <laughs> hopefully nobody's sleeping on him because. <laughs> he's he's going to be next apparently. Yeah, he's next up. He's the next Quinn of the of the AHL. Um Yeah, so there's that. All right, so let's move on now. Last thing here on the Sabres I think before we move on. Oh, actually I did want to bring up before the Sabres preview that we maybe can rehash a little bit, but uh just Josh Allen and Sean McDermott at the Sabres game. I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. That's one of those things that as a Buffalo fan, like the average Buffalo fan like eats that up, right? Like you see Yeah. Like you see that online or you're at the game and they th- throw Josh Allen, the Jumatron, like the, the shout song plays immediately. Um, it's just like kind of like that camaraderie and, and that Buffalo love that we always talk about that maybe Eichel didn't bring. Um, and I don't know. It was cool to see Allen there. He was in the suite with Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas. So love to see that as a Buffalo fan. Also, I thought it was funny. Um, the game that McDermott was at, I'm going to bring up this tweet real quick. 
Um, let's see. So the game that McDermott was at, uh, well, actually two tweets. First off, because they're both from Mike Harrington. I don't know if you, you – he's like that beat reporter. I don't know much about him, but I know a lot of people kind of chirp him online. Yeah, he's kind of just – an older older fellow maybe a little slow at the times and kind of gets angry. <laughs> yeah well the well the one i'll bring up quick was the i thought it was the funny tweet how he he was like getting pissed about the sabers putting people on the jumbotron chugging beers like like that's the classic like old guy like screams at sky like you're really gonna get mad about people chugging beer on the jumbotron just just chill out for a second so that's the yeah. first thing uh, but a lot the sec- of other things that you can chirp about the Sabres before yeah. you start bringing that up. Like, I, hey, we're getting the boys going here. I don't, I don't mind yeah. like a few beer chugs on the Jumbotron. Um, but the other tweet that he had was, it was just more of a factual statement. I just thought it was funny because it was Granado said he gets frequent texts from Sean McDermott and quickly answers them. Said the Bills coach was initially hesitant to address the team last night. So this was obviously a tweet after the game that he was at. Uh, was hesitant to, hesitant to address the team last night, but after a couple hours around the team, McDermott jumped right into it. Um, I just, I just thought it was funny. Cause I just picture, you know, how it said, like he was hesitant to talk to the team and then he jumped right in. And I don't know if you saw the video of McDermott, like talking to the team before the game. I, it's just like classic, like I can see like classic, like football guy, like McDermott being like, I know like coach, it's your team. I'm not going to like hop in. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, a couple hours later and like, it's like cut scene to him, like giving like a speech <laughs> and like McDermott just couldn't help himself. Right. He's like this coach. And he's like, it's, he's like, no coach. Like I'm, I'm just here to, you know, support the team, you know, say what up. And then cuts to him like he's like he's like boys yeah he's like boys like <laughs> i've seen the culture that we, we could bring in 2017 as the bills like i've seen the same thing right now with the sabers like he just couldn't help himself he had to get up there and say something i mean he probably heard like process get thrown around a couple times like <laughs> yeah. all right i gotta jump in and fix this right now <laughs> yeah i can just it's just like that's like immediately my mind went to is like, i thought i also think say he's hilarious. hesitant and then he just and then like an hour later he's, he's given like a rudy speech <laughs> yeah i also think it's hilarious how uh, the first part of that, uh, you said that McDermott texts Granado a lot and Granado always responds immediately. Is that what it said? Yeah, it said, uh, yeah, it said <laughs> frequently texts from McDermott and quickly answers them. Yeah, <laughs> I can pick, I can also picture meatballs being like, as soon as he gets a text from McDermott, it's like drop everything that you're doing and make sure that I respond within like a minute because he knows like McDermott's kind of the, the king of Buffalo the right, now. right now. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, like I gotta make sure I'm like friends with this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, that was pretty cool to see them on the bench. I know you tweeted out that picture of them from our account. The you know, caption this picture. I got a, a little bit of traction. And just funny seeing you know meatballs out there and talking to McDermott. McDermott behind the bench on the on the at the rink there. Um, I don't know. It's just cool to see. And like I said, like the that's the classic. Like that's like low hanging fruit with Buffalo fans. If you want to get the people going, like just put Josh Allen and the Sabers mixed. They're like. McDermott and mixed in with the if you get both teams mixed in within the same realm like that's going to get the people going you um, got to get some savers to the to the Bills games this year now yeah well the future the future is like not now it goes from this to the Sabres team like in a box suite at a Buffalo Bills playoff game or vice yeah. versa like once the Sabres are good and you know when you know when Nashville's making those uh the Preds are making those runs and you see all the Tennessee Titans O-linemen like well, it's, in the box it's tough. It's tough for like the Sabres aren't going to be able to do that if the Bills are in the playoffs because that's uh, middle it's of like the mid-season. season, yeah. But the opposite, but, Bills players coming to Sabres playoff games, like that would get sick. the people going in a box, like a huge box. Jim, but Kelly, what about Jimmy like Thomas. what about like the home opener this year? Get like Darlene, Tuck, get those guys into a box. Like that would be kind of that would be yeah. that'd be popping. Would that would that match up though, or is the Sabres season kind of rolling on around then? They're probably like in training camp and stuff, right? Yeah, they're like training, but I mean. 
what wouldn't hurt like a Sunday afternoon if they're off. True. True. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I, like I mean, it. since they're in training camp, they're all they're all in town. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. McDermott t- sends a text to Meatballs. Hey, I want the boys in a box set this uh, this Sunday. Yeah. What's Meatballs gonna say? I mean, Meatballs. <laughs> meatballs is he booked a suite to the game before he hung up that call. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, I got my guys. Yeah. Did you? you what did you, you just cut out there for a second? <laughs> I, I I hit a button. I said I said, no. <laughs> I said meatballs is like all right. I already got my guys on it. Don't worry about it, coach. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he hangs up the phone. Um. All right. So yeah, there's that a little crossover in the Buffalo sports world. So shout out to Kim Bagula. Didn't know that you know we crossed over in the in the Buffalo sports world, but I guess we do. Um. But anyway. I did want to bring up, I tweeted this clip out this past week and texted you and Marshall about it. You know, I said at the beginning of the episode here that we obviously do our season preview episode uh, every year and we just kind of, you know, ask different questions, you know, you know, do we think this person's going to over under this many goals? And I asked, uh, what do you think our over under for, you know, wins will be this year? Um, It was actually kind of funny because when I was listening back to the clip, I, I completely botched the question during the season preview episode. Like I, complete brain fart and I was like all right over or under points this year and I said 30 which would be like an astronomical low and I was like oh wait no wins. <laughs> sorry wins yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like wins actually um but anyway I said 30 wins I set the over under at 30 and if you want to go back to our Twitter Instagram whatever I put up the clip out um and Ethan you said 25 Marshall said 25 and it was just funny because you know you I think Marshall was like I, well I think you were like yeah 30 wins would be wow that's a lot and then Marshall's like, yeah, like 60 points, like if we get over 60 points, that's like unbelievable. And I think, what are we sitting at now? Like 67, 68. So, yeah. so obviously made that mark. Um, but the, the team's sitting at 29 wins right now. So it went over your, your over under prediction of 25 and I said 30. So I know we got, what, how many games left we got? We got four, I think. And I might hit the nail on the head here. Obviously I want them to keep winning and I'm not going to care about my setting the over under, but I mean, that's, that's decently solid there. They got the New Jersey devils this Thursday, then Islanders, Boston, Chicago. So I'm hoping we can at least win two of those, get over the 30 mark. But um, I did say 30. So, I mean, that's right around that, which I think looking back at our preview, right? That's a successful season for what we thought going into it. Right. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, look at how much fun we're having now. Like this is the first time in forever where I'm going to be sad to, not watch the Sabres anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I think that I also think, sorry to cut you off, but like, I, I remember not too long ago doing episodes after the bill season's over. And, and even at the beginning of this year, like we would almost like, it wasn't like fun to talk about Sabres on the podcast anymore. Right. Like it was, yeah, cause it would just get like worked. It. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's been a fun second half of the year for sure. I it's like I said, finally seen some light towards the end of the tunnel. So for, for us, for them to be over our win predictions, I think that, like you said, that's a successful season. I think we were, like you were saying, if we, they got over 60 points, we'd have been like, holy crap, that was a good year. And I think that's what we're saying. Like, holy crap, this is a pretty good year. Like next year, I think it kind of sped up things as far as where we want to be. Like we've always said, you know, two years yeah. from this season that we should uh, be uh, contending for a playoff position. I mean, it's got to be next I was, year. I, I was always, I already, already seen tweets uh, last night that was like, if the Sabres make a couple moves this offseason, don't be surprised if they're, you know, contending for a playoff spot uh, a year from now. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, sped up expectations a little bit. So, how can you not be excited? And how could you not say that the season was successful? Yeah, 100%. And, and piggyback off on that really quick, like, 
we talked about that for probably a bunch of episodes in a row saying how next year, you know, we want to be like the Detroit Red Wings of this year, which has completely flipped the script because the Red Wings have kind of fallen off and, you know, we're, I mean, we're above the Red Wings in the, in the standings right now. We're a point ahead of them right now. Yeah. So I was just going to yeah. say, like, I know at the beginning of the year, Detroit was that pesky team fighting for that eighth spot. They've kind of like went back down to earth a little bit. Um, and, and we would always compare it and be like, we want to be that, you know, maybe hardworking, grindy, pesky team that could, you know, maybe potentially make the playoffs. I think you're absolutely right. I think the expectations had sped up tremendously. I think there's no, and it, and it might be hard, like, to accept. And it, you know, it could lead us down a bad road in the future, but. I think it's hard to say that the expectations next year are not are not making the playoffs. Like I, I think it has to be making the playoffs at this point. And I know there's still a I don't, lot to be I done. I don't know about season. that. I, I don't I, th- I just think the way I think it, playing, I think like, I think it's hard to say that without seeing what happens this offseason. Agreed. Agreed. I, I guess the I'm going in with the assumption that we can only go up and there's you know, you got Quinn and Pittsburgh and there's only going up from where we are. So I feel like I feel like the expectations have gone up though a little bit where it's like more as, as opposed to being that pesky fighting for it, maybe like being in the playoffs as an eight to seven is more like what we should be expecting them to be like fighting for like a 10 slash. I don't know. I just, I, th- I really do think it's gone up a little bit. No. Yeah. I think, I mean, my expectations next year, again, this is like, I have no way idea. Before, way too early. Yeah. Like if we, if we go and we don't sign any free agents of note of this summer, then I don't, I'm not going to be, confident that we're going to be a playoff team like we need like i said like a veteran defenseman probably another scoring winger like what what about like are we bringing back anderson we're going to need to sign another goalie yeah with upl like there's there's holes that we need to address for sure so until i see who those guys are and what moves we do or don't make it's going to be tough to say but like assuming that we make some of these moves for me it's like i won't be disappointed if we miss the playoffs but i at least want to be in a position where like if the team is where like if we flip the calendar a year from now and we have five games left i want to be within striking distance of like hey we got to win a couple games we need someone to lose a game and we could get in like that's where that's where i think we need to be next year be that be that first team out or or last team in yeah no okay that's fair i agree i'm getting dangerously close to like really trusting kevin adams with everything i have so I know he's not there yet, but like I, I'm getting close. I mean, to like I think being he's him made being that guy. He's he's made uh, every move that he's made so far. I think has paid off decently. Maybe, well, maybe other than the first off season where he's trying to satisfy Eichel, right, and make these trades with Forstall and Eichel, or sorry, and Hall, and that was kind of a gong show. But since then, he's been solid. Yeah, and I I don't know how how much I put on him with that as right, much as right. like him being trying to do everything that he can to keep Jack Eichel happy. Um, now that he's got like complete control of this team, I mean, this off season, every trade he's made so far has been good from a value perspective, but I mean, this, this draft is massive. We have three first round picks. So like if you whiff on these three first round draft picks, that obviously changes things. Right. And like, we have a bunch of prospects coming up that have been good so far, but it doesn't mean anything until they've produced in the NHL. So like a lot hinges on this, this next couple of years here. And I think it, it can, it can go either really well or it could go really poorly. Like, I mean, if Quinn and Paterka come up and they're just not good, that obviously changes yeah. things very drastically. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. Well, anyway, that's some Sabres talk before we wrap up here, let's move on to, uh, I don't know. I thought it was exciting news. Like I said, at the beginning of the episode, the match Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers was announced. It'll be June 1st in Las Vegas, I believe. Um, 
I mean, I like watching these. There's obviously been a couple in the past. There was, you know, Manning was involved, DeChambeau, uh, Tiger Woods was in one, Steph Curry, um, Barkley, I think, was in one. I don't know. They do, they do done a few of these, right, in the past few years. And the next one will be, you know, Buffalo's own Josh Allen pairing up with Patrick Mahomes against Brady and Rodgers. So, I don't know. I'm really excited for that. I, I kind of disagree with you. I know you, when we texted about it earlier, you were saying that you wish that he was with Rodgers because you hate Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish it was be like Josh Allen versus like kind of his the two nemesis to the Bills over the last twenty five years. Yeah, I'm not against that. I, you know, I I'd like that too. I guess my thing was I don't hate like I don't know why you hate Mahomes necessarily. I I hate his family more than I hate him, honestly. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I think from his, from his perspective, he's been. That that's very that fair. fine. But, but him, but him, I I don't I don't necessarily like. Yeah, it's a huge rivalry and everything, but. Like, I don't think Chiefs fans, like, hate Allen. Like, just because, you know, we've been having good football. No, like, but. Like, he's not, like, a break. Like, like to be honest, dude, Rod, like, I'm not, like, a huge Rod. Like, Rodgers is the biggest, like, drama queen out there. Yeah, sure, I guess. I mean, I just, I just like, there's probably not, there's not many people on this earth that I hate more than his brother and his <laughs> and his wife, girlfriend, fiance, whatever she is. Like, I hate, I hate both I think, of them so much. I've, and I almost think that makes me like Mahomes more because, like, all those videos and everything, it's like him, it's it's honestly, like, funny, like, him dealing with it. Like, it's almost like in those videos, he's kind of like, holy crap, like, like, I almost feel bad for the guy. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I do, too. I mean, she looks psycho in every video that comes out. <laughs> it's like, how does this guy, how is this guy making, like, half a million or half a billion dollars playing football, and he has to go home and deal with that. You know, it's like no wonder he's so Makes good. It more impressive. <laughs> well, it's no wonder he's such a good quarterback because he's never home. He's always in the gym because he doesn't want to be around her. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought it was interesting. We were like, I hate Mahomes. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say hate him. I, I don't. But it'll be, it'll be a fun match either way. And as long as he wasn't with Brady. Like, if he was yeah. with Brady, I would have been pissed. I mean, early predictions here, though. I mean, like, I think Allen and Mahomes are going to be huge underdogs. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen – so I know Allen's pretty good, but I've never seen Mahomes swing a golf club. And I know that both Brady and – Brady uh, and Rodgers are Rodgers are pretty good because they played what last year with – they played with Phil and uh, DeChambeau. Yeah. That was the four of them. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Brady and Rodgers we know are really good. I've seen Mahomes play when he, – he did the Pro-Am in uh, Lake Tahoe last year, so I saw him play a little bit. I think he's pretty good. I'm curious on Allen because I know he played at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am this year. I don't know how well he did. Like, I, I think, like, I, I, I obviously everybody probably watched, like, that video of him in his practice round and everything, and you can't tell anything from that. But from what I've seen just from Rodgers and Brady and then Mahomes a little bit and not really anything about it, but, like, I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough task for the young fella. I think they're going to be big under. I think it's going to be so sick because all these guys are so competitive and they're all yeah. gamers. Yeah. It's probably the best four quarterbacks in the league, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's cool because it's like the two guys that have kind of stuck around, the older guys, and then the two yeah. new newcomers. But yeah, I think, and it's cool too that it's like AFC versus NFC. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Something to look out for. Like I said, it's June 1st. So I mean, that's coming up here in like a little over a month. So watch out for that. I'll definitely be. Do you know the in. format of it? Is it like a full 18 holes, like match play, two on two, or have you. I don't know the the format, but if I had to guess, because I think from the previous ones, it's just like best ball, two on two, uh, match play. So it's like because I know a lot of the the rounds or the these Capital One matches have ended, you know, at the fifteenth hole if they're up, you know, five with four to play or whatever. Like, so I'm pretty sure it's match play. It's definitely not going to be stroke play, and I'm pretty sure they play their own balls, best ball, you know, 
best uh, score on that hole wins that 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 hole. So if I had to guess, it's what it is. That's just complete guessing, but I'm pretty confident it's going to be match play, not stroke play. I'll go on the record saying that. But yeah, that's that. Look out for that. Um, I think that kind of wraps up the episode. Uh, I don't have anything in the in the gauntlet here for. I, I think we should take a break from guess the Buffalo sports figure this week. I'm just not kind of. I'm not really in the in the zone for it. I don't know about you. All right, that's fair. <laughs> I'm coming off two, you know, hot guesses, so I'm gonna keep that rolling here for a second. Um, but yeah, that wraps up episode 132. Thank you guys for tuning in, listening in. Um, go Bills, go Sabres as always, and we will be back next week. Talk some uh, some NFL draft coming up next Thursday. So we'll see you then. Days, girl, you still kinda cute. If it go down, I'm gon' protect you. Pull that stick out and shoot. All I want is your love. I can't see no bitch after you. Off emotions, we did things that we didn't have to do. Instead of you leaving, I told lies when you asked for the truth. I second guess if you the one, it's when I didn't have a clue. Envy Martin and Gina, but we ain't think about behind the scenes. The way I kill it, lose our voice when she trying to scream. We from the trenches, we moved on to the finer things. Now you don't went from H&M to a designer fee. He was playing games, got you dancing in the middle of the club. Got you dancing in the middle of the club. I know what you chasing, you can only get this feeling from a thug You can only get this feeling from a thug Tears falling and it's licking your cup All you really want is love Baby, all you really want is love Only talk to bosses independent Can't be fucking with a scrub Girl, I know you can't be fucking with a scrub I get this feeling in my stomach when you next to me Man, I'm trying to get to know you sexually Take you on shopping spree for therapy Move you out to Cali and my match is taking care of me I know sometimes I'm crazy, I was hoping you could bury me Beauty and the beast, pretty girl with a gangsta I swear you still the baddest in the room